Welcome to Ryan Rants and Raves, a podcast series by the Quebec government office in New York. Bienvenue à Ryan Rants and Raves, une série de podcasts par le gouvernement du Québec à New York. I am very pleased and excited to be chatting with the co-CEO of Moussankos, Ayo. Ayo, thank you so much for taking the time to be with me. I think um, your company is a true example of Canadian entrepreneurship, and I'm very pleased to learn more and discuss further. Thanks, Ryan, for having me. Happy to be here. Just to start, what you have created is can be arguably said as one of the top outerwear premium brands in the world. But can you share with the listeners a little bit about Musnuckles? So we're you know we're a Canadian-based uh, outerwear and sportswear brand. Our headquarters is in Montreal, but we have offices in New York, Milan, and Shanghai. We're primarily outerwear-based, but we're carried around the world at places like Simon's, uh, Holt Renfrew in Canada. Obviously, you know yep. uh, Saks in, in in the U.S. Saks Fifth Avenue, Neiman Marcus. Selfridges, places like Beaumarché and uh, Galerie Lafayette, Isitan in, in Tokyo. So all over the world, we also have seven of our own stores, places like Soho, Tokyo, Toronto, Shanghai, and others. We're only 10 years old, but we've been really, really successful and grown really, really quickly because I think we're one of the only outerwear brands in the world that has taken a fashion uh, first point of view. Yeah. So a lot of these other brands and a lot of these other competitors who have done really, really well, and everyone knows who they are, their heritage is more on the technical side, like Arctic exploring or skiing or rock climbing. They, they come from that, that place. We, we really decided early on to take a real fashion point of view. It's often downfill jackets make you look like the marshmallow man. Yep. <laughs> uh, and uh, we've, we've spent a lot of um, effort to make it look very slim and fitting and sexy looking. And we've done that at the same time, being very technical. We just don't talk about it so much, but we've really spent a lot of time and made sure that our items are, are really warm. We actually did a study recently by the University of Kansas. They're like the preeminent testers of, of warmth. And uh, we're going to release something soon, but it really shows that we are based uh, compared to our competitors and uh, not going to mention who they are, but we came out the warmest wow. of all the jackets that were tested. So we're really proud of that in terms of in terms of the technicality of our jackets. But like I said, we don't talk about it as much, but we're we want to take a fashion first brand. And I think that's really resonated for, with our customers. One last thing on that, you know, our marketing is really edgy as anybody who's, yeah. who can look us up. And so we really have this saying internally uh, that says fuel those who break boundaries. And uh, we really like to take risks and things we do. Uh, we like to have fun. We like to make fun of things, make fun of ourselves. And uh, that's really important to the brand. Well, and I like what you mentioned that you guys like to have fun in your fashion forward, because I think when you look at the Moose Knuckles marketing, it's not something dull, but it's something that creates an experience and has candor to it, when, which I think is very important within the age that we live in. Because sometimes people are afraid to say something, but Moose Knuckles, they can do that with their own style by wearing it. Yeah. You know, young people today, especially, they don't want to be sold to. They can read between the BS. So we like to have an honest and authentic conversation. We like to be ourselves. We never want to be pretentious and pretend like we're something we're not. And fashion sometimes takes itself too seriously. After all, it is art and utility. And we just, we just want to have a good time doing it. And you know, this kind of leads me to my next question, you know, because you acquired the brand about 10 years ago. But the brand has grown significantly and it's probably not the same brand. Of course, some of the roots are the same, but can you explain how the brand's changed and transformed? Yeah, sure. It, you know, in the beginning, you're, you're, to your point, we had our, in our first year, we, you know, we, we probably sold less than 300 coats, uh, all in Canada. 
uh, in a very small, probably uh, 95% in Montreal and Toronto. Uh, and so the, the biggest change is now we're a global brand. Only 15% about of our sales are, are in Canada. We're sold, like I said earlier, in all the best stores around the world. And the other way we've changed is that our product just keeps getting better and better. For the last 10 years, our core product that's actually made in Canada is the same in terms of styling, but in terms of the way we produce it and the craftsmanship that goes into each and every coat, uh, we're so proud of, of, of the way we've, we've elevated the production and, and, and uh, what we've done to, to make the product better. And then on our marketing side, you know, in the beginning, we were, we were a little more rough and tumble because we're, we were a much smaller brand. And now we've really elevated to be, to be in the conversation with other luxury brands. And we're, we're very proud of that. Congratulations on achieving all of that. I also want to chat about, you know, since you guys have the flagship store in New York, are there any new projects that you're currently working on that you could share? Any other new store openings or pop-ups that are happening? Obviously, we're embarking on this new digital transformation. Every There's no brand on the planet today that's not focusing on digital. So that's not, not revolutionary, but, a, but obviously a lot of work internally and not maybe not so sexy to talk about because it's something that everybody's <laughs> doing. Uh, we're working on some exciting collaborations that I, I can't really share right now because we haven't announced them publicly, but that's going to be a lot of fun. We're looking at new locations in Europe and in Asia uh, and, in, and in the U.S., but I think what at least what I'm most proud about and what I'm most proud about internally is we've embarked on this real sustainability initiative. We have a goal internally to be the most sustainable outdoor focused brand in the world by 2025. And we've, we're working really hard and spending a lot of time, effort and, and money to make sure that happens. You know, for example, we've, we've moved to re- recycled nylon. Anytime we use nylon, we're using in, in any way possible recycled nylon that's made out of used water bottles. And that, that reduces the, our environmental impact on those styles by 85%. All the plastics that we're using to cover the garments, next year we're going to all biodegradable plastics. Uh, and that's going to have a huge impact on our footprint. And so and a lot of, a lot, you know, there's, we have a huge initiative. We have a person full-time, his uh, official title. I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on your podcast, Ryan. You, you can say whatever, okay, whatever you so like. His, <laughs> so his, his official title is... VP of giving a fuck, and that's on his business card. And we're very proud that he, his big focus is on uh, sustainability. And he has a lot of experience there. And so we're really happy to be embarking on this journey. We're proud. I'm proud as a, as a, as a business owner, but, but as a company, I think it's a, it's a real great rallying cry and, and something we're probably we're most proud about internally. I like the business card of mm-hmm. your employee who's in, in charge of sustainability. It, I mean, it goes to what you mentioned of having fun in fashion, but it also goes and ties in that, you know, you know, when someone says, you know, I really give a fuck, it, it really means that you're going to try to make a change. And with sustainability, I think everyone says we have to change and become more different, but there's little people actually making action. So that's something really exciting to look forward to. Yeah. And, you know, as not sure many people know it, but apparel is one of the worst polluting industries uh, in the world. And we're not proud to be contributing to that. But what we want to do is make us, you know, a small difference in our impact and our environmental impact. And I think it's going to be good for business because I think, like I said before, people want to be involved with, with, with brands who care, but we're not doing it because it's good for business. We do, we're doing it because all of our employees and stakeholders and people internally really care about that. And it's really, really important to us. And, and staying authentic. 
to yourself and to your customer through and through. Exactly. That's the key. Um, I do want to chat about COVID because I, I mean, that's in some ways, what would, what would you say the elephant in the room of, of all things and the conversations, but you know, how has COVID changed your leadership style given you know, we chat about how Montreal like has is closed after 830, you know, in New York, things have been closed, but how has it changed your day-to-day as being a leader when managing your team? You know, I'm not an expert when it comes to that. I'm kind of old school in the way that I love working with people and meeting with people um, face-to-face and touching and feeling and, re- and really being together. So it's been definitely uh, an adjustment for me personally. Uh, being on the screen all day is is exhausting, <laughs> but I think it's changed society forever. And I don't think we're ever going to go back to a place where people are going to be full-time getting together. I, you know, travel obviously is, is going to be reduced drastically where you're not going to need to spend on, on travel as much. And we have offices in Flan and Shanghai and New York. So I would go all the time and I don't think I'm going to need to do that. I think what, what it's changed for me also, for us as a team is the need to check on people more often and be more cognizant of making sure to, to speak to people on an individual basis all the time. You know, we've hired, it's weird. We've hired 65 people since COVID started because wow. we're growing so fast. And it's hard because you, you're not meeting them in person. You're meeting them yeah. on a screen. So we've made a point, for example, it doesn't matter what position they're in, that me and my co-CEO will, will speak one-on-one with every hire, no matter who they are, and just have a conversation to learn about them because you, you don't you're, you don't have the chance to maybe run into them in the lunchroom or or, ha- or have a coffee yeah. or something or do that. So things that maybe we took for granted, we had to be more conscious about. We've also done a great thing called the Moose Lodge, which is kind of just like a, a group session every month uh, with the whole company where we present what's what's happening with the company. And we lead, some leaders from the business come in and present what's happening in their areas. And so everyone can feel more connected because I think the issue is feeling that connectivity. And we were growing so fast that we, in every single one of our offices, whether it be, again, Milan, Shanghai, New York, and Montreal, we've had to move. We're having to move yeah. because we're running out of space. And so... <laughs> It's a weird. It's a weird dynamic because even if we ha- could go back full time, there's no space for everybody. So it's really got us to think, and the way we're designing our space is obviously keeping it in mind. But I'm again, I'm not an expert. I'm not. You know, people are saying, "Well, we're gonna. Everyone's just gonna work from home forever." To me, that I hope that doesn't happen because I, I really miss those uh, social interactions and, and and being together as a team. And I think that really helps uh, fuel that camaraderie internally. Yeah. One point I did do like that you mentioned is that you and um, Noah, the co- other co-CEO that you personally chat with each new hire, because that allows them to really understand the culture and feel part of the team. Yeah, exactly. We also uh, have this this beautiful brand book that we created that tells people about the story of the brand and who we are and our ambitious, our you know internal ambitions uh, commercially, but also for the brand itself. And that helps the employee also feel more engaged and feel part of it. And and three years ago, the company was twenty people, right? And now we're you know two hundred plus. So it's 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 a huge cultural change for yeah. for us and for everybody who's. So it's been quite a journey for sure. And and a lot of learning lessons, I imagine, from there. Um, which I guess I'll jump you know to my next question. You know, um, what have you learned uh, from being an entrepreneur? One, having great partners. That's first and foremost. And then 
it's a cliche, but you, as an entrepreneur, you have to take risks. So I've been lucky that I have great partners. I actually have my uh, members of my family in the in the business, and and we've had great partners from all over all over the world, really. And that's really helped us to give us the confidence to take those risks. And uh, you, you're not going to be successful today as an entrepreneur unless unless you're taking risks. And we take risks. It, when, when it comes to marketing, you see that some things work and some things don't, but we encourage people to take risks. And uh, when you do that, uh, you're going to fail sometimes and that's okay. And, we, and we've learned to, to accept failure and embrace it. I've really learned that uh, to be successful, you've got, you, you got to keep pushing the envelope. And, and uh, you know, again, that it's saying internally, we feel those who break boundaries, we really, we really try to live by that. that. That's how you innovate and that's how you continue to move forward. For sure. S- step into the ethos of the podcast, um, it's rants and raves. And, yeah. But is there anything you'd like to rant or rave about? Yeah. Well, things that frustrate me, we, only ha- we don't have that long. You know, I could go on forever. I, I hate when brands try to play it safe. You know, either they stay out of politics or don't show who they really are and they play it safe. And I think those days are long over. And people today want, want to know what you're about. And when I, when I see things out there. I'm not going to mention brands or people who do play it. And it just drives me crazy. You can't be successful today unless you, you really stand for something. And you see it with you know brands like Nike who, who've really taken a stand on social issues and you see their business be successful. And I think great product and great brands. And, and when you see when they're playing it safe and not telling, telling you who they are, I, I think they're doing a disservice to themselves, but also to society as a whole. So I think that's that's really important. I I am really optimistic. What what excites me and what I rave about is I'm starting to be a, a veteran in this in this industry, and I'm excited by all the young people that are inside our business and so excited by what they bring to the table and and how they're so passionate about things other than commercial ambitions and how they think differently than maybe we thought when we were growing up in, in this business and that. And uh, being around all the young people in the business has really invigorated me, and it's it's, it's really really exciting. So I, I love. I'm still a young man for sure, but seeing all these twenty something year olds uh, is is has been great and they're super super exciting and inspiring actually. And you're never too old to learn. So there's always something oh, to learn from someone else. That's for sure. I'm lear- I, I'm learning every day. Excited. And to wrap up, because we don't have much time, but, yeah. you know, since, you know, it's a Canadian company um, and I know, you know, you were, you were raised in Montreal. Yeah. Um, do you have anything to say about the province of Quebec or Montreal or Canada in general and how maybe it's influenced Moose Knuckles? Well, I could, I could for sure 100% say that we wouldn't be here today uh, without Quebec and Montreal specifically. First of all, uh, we've gotten a lot of support from the the uh, Montreal community and the Quebec community, uh, you know, whether it's uh, you know government support or government help or or things like that. I think uh, has been has been really uh, important. But most importantly, the environment. You know, Quebec is so unique in that it's a it's a a French society within an English uh, North America, and it's that uniqueness has made it stand out. And when we bring that uniqueness like that, joie de vivre, that really comes, and you see that it really comes across in our marketing and and the way and the way we do things. And I think that uniqueness really makes us uh, stand out in a North America that's primarily English and 
and different and but yet we understand North America, uh, but yet we we have a different point of view. So very happy to see how the province has has fueled you guys. Yeah. Well, I really enjoyed chatting shop with you, Al, and learning more about some moose knuckles and sharing it with the audience. And um, I'm excited to wait in line and go in the store in Soho once again. So thank you, Al. Well, thank you. Yeah, we we're, we're super happy about about especially that story you mentioned. So lined up every day. So. Merci d'avoir écouté Ryan's Rants and Raves. Suivez-nous sur Instagram at Ryan's Rants and Raves. Thank you for listening to Ryan's Rants and Raves. Follow us on Instagram at Ryan's Rants and Raves. À très bientôt.